podcast i'm anthony irwin i'm joined by nobody i'm going to be joined by actually you guys for 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 the show on uh on this occasion we were not able to get to all of the questions on the last one so i'm going to go back answer the ones that we didn't get to there are a few fewer of them this week it's august 19th so i don't really blame people for for running low on topics uh to talk about with the lakers but uh, in times like this, we have a little bit more flexibility that we can work with. So if you guys have any questions about anything, uh, let them rip and, and we'll, we'll try to touch on them or we'll try to get to them as best we can. Um, just last show, Pete and I talked about our, uh, if we were to make a lineup out of scary movie characters or, or, or killers in movies, uh, and we came up with a, a pretty good lineup in that one. If you didn't, if if you didn't catch that, it was the end. It was at the end of last show, uh, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, last show was a little long, so I'm going to keep this one a little bit shorter. Also, because it is 9:30 uh, p.m., I have been in and out of the house all day. Actually. Uh, my grandpa just had a had a stroke, uh, so we were at the hospital, kind of watching how he's doing and and the progress that he's making um, in trying to recover from that. So, sorry that this is up a little bit later than it would normally be. Uh, but you know, shouts to the to the hospital and everybody working there. They they got him through it. They they say you know that he's ninety six or 97 years old at this point. Um, and you know, obviously there's going to be lasting impact or lasting effects on this from this, but, uh, they say he's going to make about as good a recovery as, as you can from these kinds of situations. So we'll just keep our fingers crossed. Uh, like I said, though, if you guys have any questions, any topics that you want us to cover, let us know. Send them in the form of a five-star review. And, and let's continue to piss off the people who think they're, they've they've mastered some kind of wild secret. Um, yes, I do ask for five-star reviews. Yes, they do help in the algorithm on iTunes. Yes, it does help this show. Um, and and no, I don't really feel particularly bad for, for taking advantage of this. Look at all of the, the shows that the top of these lists, they found some way to take advantage of the five-star review system on iTunes. And in this case, it, it works twofold. You guys get, we get to talk about topics that you want covered. And for us, we, we get to continue to, to help ourselves with those reviews. So I think it's a good give and take for everybody involved here. Uh, let's go to the first question here. I did skip a little bit because, uh, I wanted to get to a fun one. I wanted to end the last show on a fun one. Um, so let's find this first question here. All right. So the first question here comes from, uh, the B run, uh, they write, I love the show, but, and you knew there was a butt coming. We get it. Anthony, you don't like Rondo as a player, but the constant negativity on a man out there just trying to do his job is starting to bug. Where was this hate for the young guys that were coming to their jobs with an attitude of laziness because of trade rumors? Um, is not giving effort at your job more egregious than anything Rondo did last year? Well, here's the problem, though. It was Rondo who wasn't particularly trying. Like, watch Rondo play defense. I like, honestly, just just next game that you watch of Rondo, or go back and find uh, games from last year in which Ron, you know, and, and and focus on Rondo when he's off the ball, um, when even when he's on the ball. Like, just watch him play defense, and and you try to convince me after doing that that he actually is the one who was out there trying to to 
do better and in whatever it was, however you, you wanted to phrase it compared to the kids. The other thing too is that it was the kids who handled that part of the year better than anybody else on the team. Brandon Ingram played his best basketball while all that was was going on. Uh, Lonzo Ball was hurt. Not you know maybe maybe you're if you want to make the case, I guess that he took his time coming back because of those trade rumors. I you can I I think that's a lack of correlation bordering on uh, irresponsibility but you know i guess you can go there uh you could you could look i josh hart was playing really hard he was playing actually through injury remember at that time his knees were about to give out basically for you know he he had the uh he had some kind of ligament issue in his knee that was giving him a tons uh, a tendonitis that's what it was he had tendonitis in his knee that was giving him a lot of problems uh, the the G leaguers came up and they worked their asses off, and then you compare that to the veterans, who you know everybody wanted to give a bunch of credit for coming into the year for their veteran presence. And if you look for immaturity or immaturity on the team, it was the veterans who were acting immature when their names came up in trade talks. It was the young guys who actually held up their end of the bargain and just played through those rumors. That's why I got really frustrated with how Magic Johnson handled it. If you if he was actually watching the team as uh, closely as you would hope that the president of basketball operations was watching, then you would he would have noticed that it was the young guys who were actually going out there and trying. So uh, my problem with Rondo is that he isn't good. Uh, the, the style of basketball that he wants to play doesn't fit this, this roster, though it does a little bit better uh, with DeMarcus Cousins hurt. So I guess if you want to ha- hang on to something there, if you're if you're that big of a Rondo stand, you can. Uh, but I just find me somebody who who will go out there and work their ass off. Like, like Alex Caruso came in and kept the game super simple, worked his ass off, and became a cold hero because he wasn't Rajon Rondo. Just like the year before that, he he came in there, worked his ass off, played a simple brand of basketball. And became a cold hero because he was not Tyler Ennis. Like, just if if Alex Caruso goes out and does that again this year, the Lakers are going to have a really good, well, at least a league average point guard right from the get go of the season. And and they didn't have that whenever Rondo was in uh, throughout the year last year. So we'll see how these those things go. Let's go to another question here. Uh, Vujicic fan writes, uh, Hey, Anthony, love the show. Congrats on the baby. Hope the family as well. So far, so good. Thank you for providing content throughout the offseason. What are your thoughts on Ice Cube's league, the big three? Uh, I think it's an interesting... I think it's an interesting idea. I, I. It's tough because... I remember one time I was watching like a celebrity all-star game. You know, those those games that they have movie stars playing and music people play in and reality TV stars, the occasional ESPN personality. I remember Dominique Wilkins played in that celebrity all-star game a few years back and was on a breakaway and barely got up and scraped the ball over the the top of the rim you know just barely i think he might have even missed it honestly or he had to lay it up and i remember watching that and i was just like man that's not how i want to that's not how i really want to you know the, the last time i've ever seen uh, dominique wilkins ever play basketball was that right well the only time he was his prime took place uh before 
I was born. So, you know, <laughs> the the only experience I have of watching him that, you know, in, in non-grainy YouTube highlights was that. And, and I kind of wish that wasn't the case. And, you know, here with the big three, it's cool. I like that it's really competitive. Uh, I think it would be better off being aired on, like, HBO or Showtime or something like that where you could get a little bit more unfiltered. I just I, I like the idea of competition in basketball spewing over and you know sometimes the bleeps and and and, and the cutaways when when things really start to get heated. Like I I want that stuff. Give me that stuff in 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 my sports more, not less. And if they were to put that on HBO or on Showtime or something like that, it would be fun to, to see those guys really go at it in that sense. Uh, the, the problem, too, with them playing three-on-three three is that they... Uh, there aren't any fast breaks really you know you have the you can quickly inbound and out you know outlet the pass and then have it fired back in under the basket under some circumstances but you know you don't get the full end end kind of action that you could get i actually when when i was still in decent shape i played in a really fun league actually it was you know how you walk into most gyms and you have the main court that goes you know lengthwise across the gym but then you had usually you had two basketball courts that you know when the bleachers were pulled in or you know were were, were completely uh pushed up against the wall you could play you had two basketball courts that ran across the gym and what we used to do is we would play four on four in that league and i really enjoyed it because you know it's an it's a more open game back then i was in shape so i could just run and run and run as much as i wanted to uh and it was it was a blast to play in that and it's a shorter court so you get more up and down kind of action there uh i would i would like to see how that league goes in you know, in a four-on-four kind of a setting, and 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 see how that how would that look compared to this. Um, the other thing too is you're dealing with lesser athletes, so you don't have as many plays up at the top of the rim. And so by taking out fast breaks and by taking out plays above the rim, you are now eliminating eliminating two of the more fun aspects of basketball. And I don't know if they found a proper way to, to substitute that. But you know what? It's competitive basketball in a time of year where we don't get it. Ice Cube has found a way to make it, you know, somewhat relevant, more re- re- relevant than than prior attempts at this kind of a league have been. Um, but, you know, if I'm – I just think it's it's a brand of basketball. Like I don't I – don't, it's too slow. I'll just say that. It's too slow. But best of luck to everybody playing in it. Uh, Let's take a quick second here. When we come back, I'm going to uh, continue to answer your questions. All right, so the next question actually came from... I'm going to take a couple questions from Twitter, a couple topics from Twitter. (laughs) Twitter. Twitter, because I watched Devin Booker play in in that clip that's making its way throughout Twitter and... And here's my thing. Uh, he he catches the ball on 
the right baseline basically and and had uh, the opportunity to take a couple steps and go by his defender to the baseline and attack the rim that way but instead he kind of chose to sit there and do the mellow jab step thing for way too long and then made kind of a weak move up towards the top um, when a double team came and threw a bit of a temper tantrum because I guess he, by according to him, he's there to work on his game and he deals with double teams throughout the year, which, like, oh, okay, if you work, if you get double teams throughout the year, you would have handled that 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 particular double team a little bit better than than you did, right? So I thought that was kind of lame. And what I really enjoyed was Joe Kim Noah being involved in it because he was actually the one in the key yelling at the offside defender, okay, go double, go double, go double. Um, and, and you got him, you got him, you got him, set that trap, set that trap. That kind of that kind of talk that he was that he was able to to fire off from the key because Devin Booker was just, you know, kind of checking his shadow out uh, behind the three-point line. And I really liked that. That was a lot of fun to listen to Joe Kim Noah just kind of lay into him. For, for it and and when Booker was sitting there complaining the the look of exasperation on Joakim Noah's face was just absolutely perfect give me more of that Lakers go get that guy here's what you got to do Lakers just just tell Kurt Rambis, hey, there's this brand new pornographic Twitter account that everybody is super interested in. Send him on on a on a wild goose chase to try to find it because Twitter has since taken that kind of content down for the most part. Uh, try go get him to try to find it. Sign Joakim Noah, and and by the time Rambis comes back, the the work will have been done. And you know you just have to hope that Rambis doesn't piss off Joakim Noah upon his return. So to the point where Noah just doesn't feel like playing for the Lakers anymore so that's my that would be especially after saying this I just want that kind of fight it's been a long time since we like like Meta had it to a certain extent Uh, well he really really had it when the team was competitive but it kind of seemed to dwindle the more the Lakers the less competitive they became give me that kind of a fight from from Joe Kim Noah, where it's loud, like Ingram had that kind of fight, but it was really quiet and it manifested himself in in, in literally fighting. But I would like to have Joe Kim Noah out there to to ruffle a few feathers out there in 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 the rhythm of the competition that you see out there during an NBA game. That's he he to me is the the very obvious signing to make here. Like I'm surprised it hasn't happened already, unless they they don't want to pay him before they have to. Uh, let's go another question here. Oh, no. Uh, the other topic was I ate that, that Popeye's chicken sandwich and I, I could see how it was going to be good. Uh, I was really bummed though, because I asked for the spicy one and they gave me the regular one. And unfortunately, like the spicy one even comes with a different sauce. Like it comes with like a Cajun aioli kind of sauce uh instead i got the regular chicken sandwich with like straight mayo and the chicken itself was really good because that's popeyes it's really good chicken um and and the brioche like the bread on it a little over buttered but i could see how it would be really good on the spicy chicken sandwich and then you got the pickles there i really like that the pickles are thick cut uh those are really good as well so i could see how it would be a really good spicy chicken sandwich i just haven't had the spicy yet i had and and i'll say this though i tweeted out after saying it that that you know i'm i'm i would name my first kid popeye i've 
since been rebuffed on that. It, it'll probably have to be a dog that we named Popeye. Um, but the the regular chicken sandwich was good enough that I know that the spicy chicken sandwich is going to be incredible. So uh, I can't wait for that. Uh, I'm going to take a quick second here. When we come back, I'm going to finish off the questions to catch us back up uh, heading into next weekend. All right, LA1056 writes, enjoy the show, but I read your tweet. Oh, I, no, I already answered that last question. See, I told you guys I, I skipped around a little bit. Uh, next question, Money Mike H writes, what's up, man? Uh, so during Vladimir Radmanovich's time with the Lakers, what were the best moments you can remember of him? And also, I always felt like D. Fish should get a lot more credit for his title runs in LA uh, than he got, but he, you know, but he didn't get it. Uh, as an example, he didn't have his Jersey retirement or, or anything like that. What are your thoughts on, on that? So I'll start with Vladman. just so like Phil Jackson calling him the space cadet is really, really funny. Like that's really, but at least once a game, he would take a shot that, and, and it really helped how funny it would look by his his the arc that he would put on the shot was so insane and then you combine that with what was usually a really terrible shot given the situation or whatever and it, it would just make you laugh like you just you you it, it was it was that <laughs> you would laugh because that's all you could do right you'd already gotten angry at him and at that point you had been you had watched Vladman play long enough to know that you can't really get angry anymore because what did you expect, right? So <laughs> he would just fire these shots off, and it, it and I, I swear to God, he shot the ball so high that I thought it was like a running joke. I remember the first time I saw him shoot for the Lakers, and I, I literally went like, whoa, <laughs> okay. <laughs> did he mean to do that? And then the next shot, he he, he fired up there, same trajectory. So I thought, oh, all right. He's going to keep doing this. Next shot, even higher. Whoa, he shot a floater, and I thought it hit the scoreboard. So that that version that was that was kind of fun the lakers were still decent back then too it makes it a lot easier to laugh at stuff like that when the team is still pretty good when the steam when the team you know i don't believe they won a championship with vladimir ramonovich it might have still been at the tail end of you know separating the lakers when they you know the the it might have been during those few years where Kobe was just putting up insane amounts of points uh but look uh he was he was fun uh Phil Jackson leaning into it really helped too that was that made it a lot more fun um shouts to Vladman and then for Derek Fisher I say this usually tongue in cheek I I you know I usually say this by being a little sarcastic but Kobe didn't win a title without Derek Fisher and I think sometimes Point guards like Derek Fisher, like I completely agree that he was, he's historically underrated. Uh, Point guards like Derek Fisher, the guys who just show up, play defense, and hit open three pointers when he has the opportunity to hit open three pointers. Like they are, they are supremely underrated in the game of basketball. And given where the, the league is right now, where you have elite wings like Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, LeBron, uh, Paul George, Giannis, uh, Giannis Attendacompo, like like guys like that. 
your point guard shouldn't dominate the ball. It's why I don't think Chris Paul has won anything over the course of his career because there are just bigger, better options out there. And when you get to the playoffs and he has to go up against guards like that or, or teams that have players like that, he, his teams tend to struggle. He, his shortcomings get uh, highlighted because, well, he's the person who's on the ball all the time. So... And then the other thing, too, with the ball-dominant point guards is you're asking a lot of his teammates to just stand there for six, seven, eight set, you know, second stretches, float maybe once, and then stand there for a little bit longer, and then maybe you're going to get the ball, and then, and then when you get that ball, you have two or three seconds to, to know what you're going to do with it, shoot that ball, and know that you're doing so with the pressure that comes with playing for such a dickhead that, that uh, Chris Paul is. Right. If you miss a shot in that kind of a situation, you know you're going to hear about it. You just know. And and he never held himself to that kind of. So as as insane as this is going to sound, I would rather have Derek Fisher on my team. Like if you would have asked me, hey, you could have you could put Chris Paul on the three Pete Lakers, and oh, you know, and you could salaries whatever, uh, you could make that work to where you basically swap out Fisher for Chris Paul, and. You know, I think those teams would still have won championships, but it would have been complicated because I don't know if the the personalities made a lot of sense back then, and the times that Chris Paul spent on the ball, well, that meant Shaq didn't have the ball in the low post, and and you know the creativity that came from him in those spots, well, that goes away. Uh, Kobe is then going to have the the ball less on the wing, and the creativity that came out of those spots is now going to go away. So. I I do really believe Derek Fisher uh, is is really underrated. Now the Lakers have their policy where you have to go to the Hall of Fame in order to have your number retired, uh, and I think it makes sense for a franchise as storied as the Lakers are, right? Because then you run into, I mean, if you if you retire Fisher's number, well, you gotta you gotta retire Michael Cooper's, and then if you retire Michael Cooper's, you gotta retire probably Lamar Odom's. And then you could you go on down the line here with all these players. Byron Scott's number probably gets uh, retired as well, and you start to run out of numbers that that NBA players want to be able to use there. So, uh, I it's a bummer that. Derek Fisher doesn't have his number retired for the Lakers. If he played for literally any other franchise in the NBA uh, and and had that resume, his number would be retired there too. But there's a good chance that if he plays for another franchise, he doesn't have that same resume because he wouldn't have played alongside Shaq and alongside Kobe, who made the game a lot more easy for him. So, shouts to Fisher, though. He's really, really good, and, and he was super nice the, the times that, that I bumped into him there at uh, Spectrum when we would do our our Spectrum blogger nights or podcaster nights. So, uh, next question here comes from Groove. Uh, Anthony and Pete, you guys are seriously fun to listen to. Thank you. Keep up the great work. We'll try. Uh, Thanks for the great listens. I guess you're welcome. (laughs) Question for you and Pete. An intriguing thought. Pete, in his videos of AD, mentioned that he had guard skills that allows him to be so good as a big, which leads me to wonder how good would he be as a wing uh, if he was around 6'7 instead of a big. Also, looking at other ball... uh, other dominant bigs today and throughout history, in your opinion, who do you think could still be a Hall of Famer or at least an All-Star if they were wing players? Well, it's tough because 
like it, it, Anthony Davis, as much as we would like to say it, he doesn't handle the ball exactly like a big. So he handles the ball or exactly like a wing. He handles the ball compared to other bigs like a wing, but he doesn't literally have wing-type ball skills, right? So if you compare his ball handling to like Kevin Durant's, Durant is is worlds like leagues better than him, right? Same probably goes for like Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, LeBron to a lesser extent. LeBron just basically uses the dribbling, you know, uses his dribble to get one shoulder past the defender. And then once he's passed, well, you aren't going to knock that shoulder back um, and be able to get back into the play. Davis, you know, and, and all the other bigs out there really in, in NBA history, like you would have to start defining wings as bigs if you were to start comparing big dribbling skills to wing players. And so in that case, would Giannis be as good if he was 6'7"? No, right? Uh, Would even Kevin Durant be as good if he was 6'7 or 6'8", right? No, he wouldn't be as good, but he'd still be really freaking good because he can shoot. Uh, And and so when you... I, I think... It's it's extraordinary that you have guys as big as they are doing the things that they are. And quite frankly, I, I wouldn't want to see a smaller version of AD. The big version of AD is really freaking fun because seeing somebody who is as tall and as long and as big as Anthony Davis is move the way that Davis moves, like the, the novelty in that will never, ever go away. And, and as we've learned with some of these guys, that doesn't last forever. Uh, and it goes away maybe quicker than when than we would like to acknowledge. And so I would I would instead of thinking of hey what would Anthony Davis look as a as a smaller player let's really enjoy the the bigger player that Anthony Davis currently is. Uh, JMac twenty four fifty writes, uh, and this is the last question here. Uh, hey Anthony, congrats on the baby. I'll be coming to LA and the USA for the first time from Adelaide, Australia, in January, and I'll be watching the Lakers take on Orlando at Staples. Do you have any suggestions or advice for someone attending Staples Center for the first time to get the most out of the game day experience? More importantly, what should be the first thing I look to eat as soon as I arrive in LA? Well, I'm a huge fan of Apple Pan Burgers, right? So you got to check that place out go get yourself a hickory burger get your slice a slice a slice of their uh, apple pie there uh they have really good coffee i really enjoy their coffee so i would have like a you know they they serve you a coke with your burger and then have a coffee with your with your slice of pie afterwards so that's that's a must stop there's a mexican restaurant i don't know i i don't think it got closed i hope it didn't get closed down but there's a mexican restaurant right across the street from staples center uh uh, that has like the, the they light their margaritas on fire. Uh, that that place is really good. Their food in general is really good. I had their one they got soup. It was just tremendous. It's like a Mexican meatball soup, uh, and and you know the broth when it's done right is a little spicy, which is which was really good. So check that place out. You got to go to Roscoe's Fried Chicken and Waffles. That's incredible. Uh, and and. Oh man, yeah, we had our we had our locked on Lakers team meeting at Orozco's and and that was that was incredible. Um, so those are the food places, and then you know there's there's a ton of good sushi restaurants if you're into sushi uh, all the, all over the place. Uh, there are great bars up and down. Like there's a uh, there's actually there's a speakeasy in L.A. called Varnish. 
Um, look it up, and and it's actually the. So if it looks like you walk into a deli, and when you walk into the deli, you go to the left of the deli, if I remember correctly, um, and you walk back to what looks like a refrigerator, like a walk-in refrigerator. You go there, you knock on the door, you get asked, you know, are you here for varnish? You say yes. How many? Whatever. You walk in there, and it's like you get sent back to, like, the Gatsby ages. So that place is really cool. We found another one. Unfortunately, Jen and I were both... (laughs) uh, under the influence a little bit a little a little too under the influence to remember the name of the place uh but there was this uh speakeasy that we walked into and you actually had to provide a password um so for us the password was i believe it was chocolate donuts chocolate covered donuts was the password to get into that speakeasy um and it was really cool it was just it was like it was a huge building it didn't look at all uh, like it was going to be that big of a building when you were walking in, but it was really big. They served really, really good drinks, uh, and and that was a lot of fun. So check out those places when you're actually in Staples Center. Walk around a little bit, like get out, get, get there a little early, go and and check out the different areas of of Staples Center. Um, unfortunately, it doesn't quite have that historical feel that say the forum does or did when when jen and i went and saw a game there a preseason game there but it's still like you can still walk around there there's there's plenty to eat and drink in there if you if you want to you know put a down payment on your entertainment there for the night uh there the nice thing about watching a game there at staples center there are very few there are like no bad seats in Staples Center. They just get, you know, better the, the lower you go. Uh, but, you know, if you can get yourself a nice spot, uh, it's it's a really cool spot to to watch a basketball game. There's a Yard House right out there, which I'm, I'm a huge fan of Yard House. They have, actually, Yard House has my favorite appetizer. Uh, it's their crab, lobster, and uh, artichoke, like spinach and artichoke uh, dip that they serve. It, it's big enough to be its own plate really um and then if you go there and you ask for an old-fashioned ask if if they can still do it make it with the brown sugar um and that's just fantastic brown sugar is, is has a little bit more body than than regular sugar so i think it makes for a better old-fashioned um check out all that stuff I, i'm not i'm not actually from la so if you guys have if you have other questions there or if you guys have other recommendations send them in the form of a five-star review and, and i'll pass them along uh, I'm gonna go ahead and end the show here, uh, and 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 I'm, I'm I caught up completely on the questions, so that means next time Pete and I talk for tomorrow's show, we will be doing a player preview. So look forward to that. Um, and then in the n- other non-Pete show, I'll be bringing a guest on to talk about one of the other title contenders uh, that the Lakers will have to go up against and how they match up against them. So make sure you guys keep tuning in for that. Um, also, we're we're getting into the fall as we get as we near the end of August. Uh, we are going to start lining up our sponsorships for the show. Um, and and I would like to have a lot more of a local feel this year than we had than we had last year. We had a couple local sponsors and stuff like that, but um, I'm setting aside a few spots in in the show for you know live reads or however you want to work with us. Uh, let us know. You can email me at LakersLockedOn at gmail.com if you have if you have any questions about what that would entail. Um, I'm also going to revamp my Patreon page. It's not going to be Laker. It's not going to be locked 
Locked On Lakers uh, related. It's going to involve all kinds of stuff. As we get closer to the actual season, I'm not going to have as much time to talk about the topics that have made these off-season shows a little bit more fun. Um, so I'll probably take that coverage and go over there to, to Patreon and see what you guys think of that stuff. So uh, you can look for that. I believe it's Anthony Irwin or Anthony Irwin LA on Patreon. So check out that stuff. Again, email the show at Lakers at uh, LakersLockedOn at gmail.com if you have questions about sponsors. But for now, have a great rest of your day. Make somebody else's, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.